The Spectator combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, and get a £20 Amazon gift voucher absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk slash summer. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, The Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Oscar Edmondson and I'm joined today by Katie Balls and Kate Andrews. So it looks like the summer could be about to get a whole lot easier with millions of public sector workers, including teachers, police and junior doctors, set to get a pay rise somewhere between 5 and 7% in what Rishi Sunak has described as the government's final offer in an attempt to bring to an end the prolonged strike action. Um, Katie, can you take us through what the Prime Minister has announced in his press conference today? Yes. So ultimately, the government has decided to accept all of the recommendations by the independent pay review bodies when it comes to public sector pay rises. Now, this comes after suggestions from ministers on various morning rounds in the past few weeks where they wouldn't necessarily commit to doing it. Notably, Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves for Labour also wouldn't commit to doing it. And therefore, there, there is a lot of question as to whether would they, for example, uh, take the pay recommendation for teachers, where we know the Prime Minister has been very um, animated and I think sensing a particular urgency there in terms of trying to prevent the teacher strikes, but for uh, some of these other areas, not actually do that. If he, if he doesn't think it's going to end the strike, will he not give the pay rise? Mm. No. They've ultimately gone for every single sector. So millions of public sector workers, so it's teachers, police, junior doctors will get pay rises according to these independent pay review bodies. That's five to seven percent. Rishi Sunak's just given a conference talking about this. I lost count, I have to say, but I think he mentioned the word independent pay review body. Um, <laughs> but definitely double figures, um, not quite three figures. But as you saw previously, even when I was talking about how to, uh, you know, bonus payments and others for the last financial years, yeah, you, you saw ministers almost trying to not hide behind, but ultimately say that, say, look, it's not a Tory decision and this is coming from somewhere reasonable. And you saw that again today. Now, in terms of the pay that's being offered, police officers 7%, junior doctors 6%. Now, junior doctors, for example, that is well below what they're calling for, which is... 35%. Exactly. Uh, so we have a situation whereby I think that's one where you is not is not a given that what has been agreed today is going to stop the strikes. Teachers, I think, is the probably the biggest headline news straight from that announcement, is that four of the teaching unions, um, who, which we know have been going in for talks in Downing Street this week, have said that um, they, are, they are going to suggest uh, the, the strikes are uh, stopped, those school strikes, so they'll put it to their members. So I think that's probably the, the best news for Number 10 today on this, and this is something which I think, of all the strike areas, the one where um, Richard has been the most focused on trying to bring it to an end. Now, I think the other key thing to note is, yes, the pay review bodies, they have been accepted, but where is the money coming from? And Richard Sunak has decided not to do it through tax rises, um, and he decided not to do it through borrowing. That means, and he can't do it through growth right now because we also don't have much of that. So therefore, we're in a situation where it is cuts along with um, some other measures. So, for example, um, there's the NHS surcharge is going up as one way to fund some of these things. The DfE, for example, that looks fully costed. But it's quite clear from the comments we just heard from the Prime Minister, 
that there will be departmental cuts, so the savings will have to be found. And in that press conference, I think Rishi's trying to say, you know, we're not, we're not talking about cuts, so we can dress it up in different ways, but there are going to have to be some quite difficult decisions on where departments make savings, don't spend money, in order to allow for these public sector pay rises. Speaking to some uh, about this decision is ultimately what they think is, it will still be painful, but they think this is the least worst option of the options available. And Kate, obviously, as Katie just said, the decision has been taken to fund this through departmental cuts run through borrowing or taxes. Do you think that's the right decision? I think realistically right now it's the only decision. And uh, I think it's telling that they're not being terribly specific quite yet where that's going to come from because that is going to be a very difficult announcement indeed. Not just because of you know what the taxpayer might miss out on through those cuts, but also because we're not used to hearing that we can't have things these days. Uh, it has been several years of being told that we can have everything and more. We can simply borrow that money, and we just don't live in that world anymore. And you know, I think this could end up being a real battle over the course of the summer as it becomes clear where that money is going to come from. John Glenn, the chief secretary to the Treasury, when he made these announcements in the Commons, said the money is a combination of significant provision for pay that was made in the last spending review, plus greater efficiency gains, plus reprioritization. And it's that last one, reprioritization, which basically means we're cutting elsewhere, that, you know, is going to cause, you know, I, I think a, a big political debate. But just look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. Public sector net debt as a percentage of GDP is around 90% only set to go up. We're spending tens of billions of pounds more every year just to service the debt as it exists now because of rising interest rates. We, this is money we've already spent. You don't get anything new for it. The case against borrowing more money is very strong and one that we were all reminded about when Liz Truss tried to do it last autumn and we know how that panned out. And so, you know, this this is what Rishi Sunak's been talking about for a long time. Difficult trade-offs. You know, I can't promise you everything. And he's now really going to be tested on that. And I think those tests have been like building around sort of demands for mortgage relief and all the rest of it. But this is this is a big one to actually say, if you want X, and that's public sector pay raises, then you can't have Y. And that and we're going to find out what that Y is. And and as he says, and as Katie rightly pointed out, he felt like he had to go with the independent pay review body's recommendations. Of course, there's some safety in that as well. Right. Because he's been very clear now that the government's not going to budge. And if workers keep striking, this is an independent decision that's been made that the government has adopted rather than a political decision that the government's made. Of course, we know every decision is political, but I do think it gives him that extra bit of cover that he may need going into the summer, especially if the junior doctors keep striking. We learned today that the NHS England waiting list hit a record 7.5 million people. We just learned that this morning. The longer these strikes go on, the more lives are being put at risk, the longer people are having to wait. And now that there is a very clear payoffer on the table, I think that struggle might grow more intense uh, before it's actually resolved. Yeah. And, and just picking up on that, at the time of recording, we have heard that the four teaching unions are going to call off strikes after they've accepted the 6.5% pay rise for teachers. Can we expect a similar thing from junior doctors? It's very difficult to say because the pay demands have been so unreasonable. It's it's just not clear. I mean, the government with its pay offer and the BMA with its pay demands of 35%, they're not operating in the same world. I think what's getting harder and harder for the BMA is that you have organizations like the RCN, which uh, did decide to accept the, the pay increases. Nurses are paid significantly less than doctors. I mean, the average pay pack um, in places like London is still around £60,000 a year, but so much of that is in their pay. Uh, what they actually take home. You know, they're feeling a lot worse off than the doctors are who had 
pension changes made in the last budget because doctors are one of the few professions that can get to that lifetime limit. So I, I think, you know, the more strikes that are called off from other unions, particularly within the medical sector and the health sector, it does make it harder and harder for the BMA to maintain this position. Um, and Casey, obviously, this is this has got the potential to be a huge victory for Rishi Sunak at a time when his five pledges seem to be sort of going down the drain. Do you think with this being funded out of departmental cuts, that's going to dampen the sort of celebratory mood within the Conservative Party? I think there is a there is a political win for Rishi Sunak. And of course, the unions still need to go to their members. So it's not completely confirmed the teaching strikes are off. But if you manage to stop the teaching strikes, I think that is good news for Rishi Sunak. It's good news for the country. But it's just going to be another sense that things are working um, in a way um, that they have not felt to be in recent months. Mm. Now, if junior doctors do not uh, decide to go back to work or accept this offer, you are going to have a situation where that NHS priority stays really hard to do. There's then a question of where is public opinion on it? Will people say, well, you've had a reasonable offer, it's an independent pay review body, the government has tried to do this, or will they side with the doctors? And therefore, I think you have a situation where some sectors are going to be more welcoming to this than others. I do think in terms of the spending cuts that this uh, is going to involve, again, we don't quite know where they're going to fall yet, but I think that is a story that's going to keep on going because, as Kate said, I think we are just... We've been in a period where, particularly as a result of the pandemic, but also, of course, now what's happening of interest rates, um, we, we're leaving a period, I think, where it was much easier to find these pots of money, perhaps as part, you know, in, in a way contributed to where we are now. But in, num- much so. <laughs> in number 10, it is just not seen as a viable option anymore. And I think you have, in Rishi Sina, quite a different leader to Boris Johnson. I think that he does uh, feel very strongly about trade-offs and therefore... You have a dining street that I think is more willing to take an unpopular position and to hold it. If you think, for example, I always think back to when uh, Richard Sinek cut the aid budget. Now, that's actually quite a popular measure if you look at the polls, but it was an unpopular measure in terms of the parliamentary party. And Downing Street thought under Boris Johnson, thought about actually, you, you don't have the numbers, don't do it. And they, they pushed, they thought they found the numbers. And, and I think that therefore, this is going to be something which does, I think, change the political picture to a degree. And it's not a complete win for the government because there's going to be trade-offs. And I think there's going to be some secretaries of state looking at their departments and thinking, <laughs> that's a bit of a hospital pass. <laughs> um, what have I got to do at this point? Um, and, and that will go on. But but also, I think this is a government that doesn't think it's such a bad thing. If you go back to um, a political picture where if you pay for one thing, you can't have another. I think what also has to be remembered here when we're talking about how we pay for these things is that there is a genuine cost to trying to borrow more money right now. Again, I I mentioned the mini-budget last autumn and what we saw. And those guilt yields that the cost for government to borrow have steadily risen back up to about where they were last autumn, and they're not terribly far off where we were in the summer of 2008 and the height of the financial crash. If the government tries to borrow lots more money in a rather flippant way and is not clear about where that money is going to come from, uh, especially in the medium term, we know that international investors and those markets are watching very closely and they're going to demand a higher return. So it isn't as if this is simply like, oh, well, if you wanted to, you would. There there are genuine costs here um, and they're ones that we can no longer escape now that the era of cheap money seems for quite some 
uh, seems for now anyway, has come to an end. So I don't think this is just a matter of like, oh, well, if we'd like to. And to Katie's point, there's a reason the Labour Party isn't coming out and saying, oh, we'll give those 35% pay raises. You know, there are some very stark consequences of trying to borrow lots of money right now. And, you know, I think the government's trying to balance what people do want to see, which is recognition of, of a lot of the hard work that the public sector put in during the pandemic and the fact that inflation is so high and the cost of living is biting and that people deserve some kind of pay raise. But also, if you do want that, you have to account for it elsewhere. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Kate. And thank you very much for listening.